Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. If you were here last week, or if you were watching online, um, you, you may remember that uh, we were talking about the secret of the Lord. Amen. And um, the, uh, the, the theme of that was reverence, or to revere him. Amen. And so um, uh, this is going to be a bit of a two or a three-parter. But before I go into that, I want to, I want to talk a little bit about sundown prayer on Thursday evening which was an, an, a really great time here with um, the people that came to pray. And um, I don't normally do this, but I felt impressed to ask everyone that was praying to let me, to remind me what um, the visions they had, what they seen, what they sensed while they were praying. And a few of them got back to me. It was, it, this doesn't happen all the time, but there was an overwhelming sense of the same thing being prayed out. And um, it also runs right into the thread of this message today. And um, um, Margaret was praying. There was 12 of us praying on Thursday evening. And she said that the Lord called 12 men to ignite the, wor- the world. The, the key word is ignite, ignition. There was 12 of us there on Thursday evening. Let's double that, triple that, quadruple that. Amen. And, our, and, and the prayer was that we would be the, the light to ignite that same faith in the people of our towns. Hallelujah. But the key was love. The key was love. Amen. And um, she had sent me this scripture out of, in Romans 12, verse 10 from the Passion, saying, be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of one another. Amen? Strive to outdo each other in in respect and honor. By this, according to John 13, 5, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. So a very strong theme there of love and light, ignition. And then um, Charlene was praying. She had seen that um, she'd felt in her heart for some time uh, that the you know, we have embers in our hearts, things that are just kind of glowing, but they're not on fire. She said, ignite the embers of our hearts and looking for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit to love and see people the way Jesus sees people, which is through eyes of love. For us to know the height, the depth, the width of the love of God, and as as he pours in, we can pour out. The more he pours his love into us, the more, we, we, the more of it we contain and the more of it we release or should release. Hallelujah. Praying to be purified in his fire. So here we get back to the light, the fire, the heat, the fiery furnace. And she says in Isaiah 48, 10, you tend to forget the affliction and then wonder what, what's happening. But God says in 1 Peter 4, 12, don't be surprised at the fiery trials that you go through. Instead, rejoice. Instead, rejoice, praying that God deals with our hearts so we can really be the burning bright lights we want to be for boldness and confidence. Amen? 
And so there was that strong theme there. Um, I, I, I think um, Frances prayed uh, that a kind of, she had a vision of a solar panel, solar panels, correct me if I get this wrong, that were converting that light or heat from the sun into energy. Um, so we had all of these kind of themes. Alex sent me a reply this morning saying that he felt that really getting back to it, the key is love, especially now, because we face an uncertain couple of months ahead with Christmas coming up. And um, people, are, people are going to need to see the love of God expressed through the church coming up. We prayed for creative thoughts to reach our community this Christmas time. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, I, I seen in my heart a, a vision of us being stokers, like in a, a locomotive, where you have, that f- you have the furnace there, and you have these people throwing big spadefuls of coal in there, stoking it. And I see our prayer, our prayer times is doing that, stoking that fire is becoming more intense, producing more energy. Amen. So I wanted to share that all with you and to encourage you that, that prayer time's never wasted time. And if you come to pray, you will be blessed. You will be blessed. And the Lord will be blessed as well. Amen. When he sees us coming together. Hallelujah. So a wee quick recap from last week. And I think it was the first time in a, a long time, maybe ever, that we gave homework from a, a church service. <laughs> and some people said, no, I've been meditating on Psalm 25 this week. And it's been amazing. Been meditating on that. But I want to recap just a couple of verses from last week. And it's in the Living Bible in Psalm 25, verse 14 and 15. And it says there, friendship with God is reserved. Friendship with God is reserved for those who revere him, who reverence him. And if you remember last week, we spoke about having couch time with the Lord. You know, can you imagine that couch time, that intimate time, leaning in, leaning in to him, and he's leaning into you. And because you have decided to enhance your friendship with God. He wants to reveal more and more to you. This is not in my notes, but it just came to my mind. It's very unwise to reveal secrets to someone who's not a friend. It's, it's very unwise to put, place your confidence and your trust in someone who is, who is not a friend. Amen? But God says that in, my, in your friendship with me, as your friendship with me grows, I will, I will reveal more and more and more to you. We need that now in these days, amen? And then it says there, with them alone. Now, no, with nobody else. With only those, with them alone, who decide to revere God, he shares the secrets of his promises. It couldn't be more plain than that to me. He will share his secrets only with those who revere him, only with those who reverence him, only with those who love him and long for him. Amen? Because my eyes are ever looking to the Lord for help, for he alone can rescue me. So that was a psalm of David there. And so this morning, I want to talk about 
Also, the secrets of the Lord or the mystery of the Lord, but the topic I want to speak about this morning is inspired by a message I heard recently by Bishop Dagg, and it's, it's, it's about longing, loving and longing. Longing is a part of loving, amen? If you love someone, you long for them, you, or you should. <laughs> you can't separate those two things. If you're separated or you're apart from someone who you truly love, you will long for them. Who's been away on a long trip away from their, their significant other, their loved one for a while? Amen. Yeah. You know, we're in South Africa or we're wherever you're apart. Are you longing for them? And if you look at the life of the Apostle Paul, it's, it, it talks there in the book of Philippians that he was longing to see the members of the church at Philippi, all right? He said, I long to see you. Why was he longing to see them? Because he wanted to impart to them a spiritual gift so that they would be better established. I long to see you because I've got something to give you that's going to there's going to be an impartation from me to you that's going to cause you to be rooted and grounded and strong and your foundation is, I want to see you established. Amen. Amen. So in all this time of longing for them, I can imagine that he was giving a, a lot of time in thought to what he wanted to impart to them. He would have been meditating on that, spending a lot of time thinking about that. And the church in Philippi was, was very special to Paul. That The church in Philippi were great supporters of Paul's ministry. They supported him financially. They supported him financially. Um, they were very evangelistic. The church in Philippi were a get-up-and-go church. A get-up-and-go, get-up-and-go, get people saved get up and go and get the message out. That was the church in Philippi, amen? And so, in the Amplified Bible, if we go to Philippians chapter one, I wanna read some, some, some of the word in there. We read a longish passage of the word last week. Can we go to that, do that again? Verse one. Paul and Timothy, bond servants of Christ Jesus, who is the Messiah, the anointed one, Hallelujah. To all the saints who, who, put your hands up, all the saints in this place. You're, yeah, okay. You're God's people. You're referred to as the saints. You know, we get a wrong con concept of saints sometimes. We think it's little people that are innocent and good with little halos around them. You know, you're like, no, I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm not worthy. I'm, I'm, there's too much stuff in, I can't be, if, you're, if you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, you're a saint. You're one of his people. To all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, including the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace, inner calm and spiritual well-being from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in every remembrance of you, always offering every prayer of mine with joy, and with specific requests for all of you, thanking God for your participation and partnership, both your comforting fellowship and gracious contributions in advancing the good news regarding salvation from the first day you heard it until now. 
It's in the Amplified Bible. Verse six, I'm convinced and confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you, amen, Shona, Johnny, he has begun a good work in you, will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Until the day he comes back, he's going to, he's going to perfect his work in you that he started. It's right for me to feel this way about you because, because you have me in your heart as I have you in my heart since both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the good news, all of you share in his matchless grace with me. And here's the key verse, verse eight. For God is my witness. How I long for all of you. In the New King James, it says, how greatly I long for all of you. With the affection of Christ Jesus, whose great love fills me. That says, speaks volumes to me. Paul's love for the people of the church at Philippi was identical to the love that Jesus had for Paul and identical to the love that Jesus had for them. So here Paul is matching his love for the people of the church with that of Jesus. Amen? And this I pray that your love may abound more and more displaying itself in greater depth, in real knowledge and in practical insight. Like the, right, okay. When we left prayer the other night, we got a little media clip through from Gail and Marlene. And uh, it was like, um, it, it, they sent this through and they said, oh, you know, we've been praying and this theme's come up and, and, and here we just get back into our neighborhood and we see this images of light in the dark. And it was quite amazing, this little video clip. It looked like people out of Tron or something. You know, it was like, it was like a whole body lit up light with light. Anyway, um, it turns out they were, they were joggers. But they had all their gear on and they were fully reflective. And it was amazing. At first I looked at it and it looked just like these, these lights hovering, coming down the street, you know. And um, so... This dis display, it's like, so these people, the light reflected off of them at the bottom of the street, and it was dazzling. And it's the same with God's love. It's, 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 it's to be reflected in our lives and displayed. Amen? Let, let your love for people dazzle them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in verse 10, it says, so that you may learn to recognize and treasure what is excellent, identifying the best and distinguishing moral differences, and that you may be pure and blameless, that, that we may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God so that his glory may be be both revealed and recognized. Amen? That's, that's, that's our passage of Scripture this morning. So when you, when you long for someone, you love them. Hallelujah. When you truly, deeply love someone, you'll long to see them and be with them. Amen? So Paul is essentially saying, 
that I love these people so much, okay, that I long to see them. They, they occupy my thoughts all the time. How, how, how much of our thought life is occupied by our longing for the Lord Jesus Christ, for our Father God? These, this was a constant thing in his mind, amen? Because everything we do is done by love. Everything we do, we do because of love. Everything that we do, we do in love. Everything. Absolutely everything. The word says be rooted and grounded in love, but in nothing else. Love. Amen? God is love. And our faith work, works, worketh by love. Amen? So I want to I wanna illustrate this a little bit. And it's very difficult to actually bring this message without touching on something that could be kind of awkward to speak around. You know, we've got minors here and people listening on everything, but um, maybe, you'll get the, maybe you'll get the gist of what I'm saying. But this longing thing, the Bible gives us an illustration between a husband and a wife in a marriage, okay? So in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31, it, as it says there, as the scriptures say, a man, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. A man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united as one. This is a great mystery, <laughs> but it is an illustration of the way that Christ and the church are one. So again I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Hallelujah. So a husband shall leave his father and his mother and be joined unto his wife. This is a great mystery. Marriage is a great mystery. And all the men said, and then all the women said, amen. Marriage is a great mystery. Hallelujah. Marriage is a great mystery. Marriage is supposed to reveal some secrets to us then. They, there are things that we search for and they are to be found in the understanding of the mystery of marriage that God is talking about. Amen? In other words, let's put it this way. Marriage reveals certain truths about the way that God relates to us as his people. Amen. Marriage is going to reveal those truths. Amen. And the word says, this is a great mystery, yet I speak concerning Christ and the church. Hallelujah. So marriage, and I appreciate not everyone gets married. Some people are anointed for that single life and God gives them a purpose. But to other people, they need to get married. You know, they, they, you know, it's like my wife, she, she needed the marriage. She, she needed the marriage. She needed, she needed someone, she needed the taming. No. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. When I met Linda, she, I didn't sweep her off her feet. She swept me off my feet. Praise God. So, 
the, the marriage, the marriage, our marriage is blessed. Hallelujah. I was kidding. I was kidding. But it's a, it's a great mystery, and we can, it, this, this understanding of the concept of marriage reveals things to us as believers. And in, if you look at that word, word mystery, okay, um, the, 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 what I've studied, it says a mystery is, uh, is like a secret, okay, all right, but not a closed one, all right? Um, a mystery is something that was that is hidden, but is then later revealed, okay? Um, we get revelation from God's word. We don't, sometimes we want more revelation. We don't always get what we want, but we need to apply ourselves to where the revelation comes, okay? Particular truths and things we need to know come as we take a path to opening our hearts and minds to receiving those truths. You know, if I tried to explain marriage to someone who, who was not married, I would do my best, but until that person is married, it's like, yeah, one day you'll find out what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, one day, one day you'll know. And, and, and sometimes you wish you could really, uh, I'm, I'm blessed because a um, young couple contacted me recently and said, um, Pastor David, we would, like, we would like to be married next year, and we are considering premarital counseling. I'm like, I'm glad you're considering it, but it wouldn't even be on the consideration list. It would be, you need to have premarital counseling. We, we, uh, <laughs> we had premar some premarital counseling, and then we needed some postmarital counseling as well. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got more post-marital counseling than pre-marital counseling. <laughs> but this, this word, mystery or, or mule, mysterion, okay, is, it's not something that's unknowable. It's not something you cannot know. I'm emphasizing that this morning, Okay. Because I think some people get disheartened and they say, do you know what, I just don't understand it all. I don't understand it. And I don't have the energy to pursue it to understand it. I wish, I wish God would just tell me or someone would tell me. And I think that, the, that, a, that a byproduct of that is in, in church life is that people go everywhere trying to, for impartation or revelation, okay, and I want to tell you that you don't have to go. You, sometimes God will take you to a place where that happens, and it could be far away. But other times it's much closer than you think. Hallelujah. So these mysteries are, are things that are hidden. They're not obvious, you know. It's like trying to find the gold, you know, like Aussie gold hunters. They use those fancy detectors. You know, sometimes it's not obvious, it's, hit, it's hidden, it's not lying on the surface. Amen? So, but there's one thing that does, I think, is, is a truth to me, and it goes back to couch time with God. The, the, the counsel of God, the mysteries of God, the secrets of God, he shares with the righteous, not with the ungodly. Amen? He shares them with the righteous. 
And so God created marriage to be fruitful. Hallelujah. So if he created marriage to be fruitful, then fruitfulness is a product of marriage then, isn't it? In many ways. Amen. So, so genuine, real fruitfulness. We know what we're talking about. Hey, eh, Johnny, we know about fruitfulness in marriage. Genuine fruitfulness is produced within a marriage when there is a covenant between two people, a man and a woman. Okay? And this covenant is as the covenant that Jesus Christ has made with his bride, the church. Okay? And so, if these covenants are alike, why should one covenant produce fruit and the other one not? So is our covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ fruitful? Is it producing fruit? Hallelujah. The question I have this morning is, is are our lives bearing fruit? Are we fruitful people? Hallelujah. The, the, the reason, this, and this was a quote that struck me, the reason why some people are not fruitful is because they are not married spiritually to something. You're not married, connected spiritually to the Lord Jesus. Okay? My marriage to Linda produced two children, but what will my marriage to Jesus produce? What will my covenant with the Lord produce? Amen? What will the offspring what will the offspring of my relationship with Jesus be? That's your homework this week, to meditate on what will the offspring of your relationship with Jesus be. And so there's this impartation, you know, will my relationship not also give birth to new life as Jesus imparts revelation to me and to you all as his church? Amen? Amen. The, as soon as revelation is imparted, it lifts the lid off of the mystery. Things are no longer a mystery. Amen? You see, once the Holy Ghost shines a light, right? Shines a light on the things that are hidden, they're no longer a mystery. Amen? They then become an advancement. So the things that are a mystery, when the Holy Ghost says, no, I'm showing you what this is, they then become an opportunity to advance. Okay? to go to the next level. And to the believer, marriage reveals more. Now, it doesn't mean more than to an unbeliever because I know a lot of people that, that, are, that are not in the Lord and their marriage means a great deal to them. They're, 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 they, their marriage is important. They have, they have strong values. So this thing about marriage, all right, it reveals more to the believer. It doesn't mean more to us, but it reveals more. Amen? So to the believer, this marriage has a kingdom connotation. It has a kingdom meaning to it, which is not revealed to those that are not believers. Amen? So marriage has a lot of revelation in it. Amen? And I think that what I'm trying to say this morning is that the secrets, the mysteries of what the Lord has for us, if we look at it in the context of marriage, is like a husband or a wife who've been apart. 
And now, when myself, this is where it gets slightly awkward. <laughs> when myself and my wife have been apart for a long time, we enjoy coming back together again. Amen? That is, the lo- that is what I'm, there, there, there's an impartation. There's a longing there. That, and it's the same way spiritually. Amen? Do you get that? Are you getting that? So, when we long for the Lord, and, and we know He's longing for us, when we get to that place of loving and longing, He is ready to make an imp- His Spirit is ready to impart something to you, which is going to be great. Amen? Amen? And it all comes down, it all comes down to love. If you don't love someone, you will not long for them. And we sang, we worshiped this morning and we sang songs about a good father. Amen. And I think about John 3.16. For God so loved the world, for God, the greatest God, the greatest God so loved the world the greatest amount of people, the world, the greatest amount of people with the greatest love that can exist, hallelujah, that he gave his only son, he gave which the greatest gift that could ever have been given. His only begotten son, the greatest person that ever lived, Jesus. Amen that whosoever believes on him, the greatest invitation ever given out, that whosoever believes on him, believes on him, the greatest simplicity, with the greatest simplicity. It's not complicated. Jesus does, God doesn't want it to be. Whoever believes in him should not perish the greatest escape, hallelujah, amen, should not perish, but have everlasting life, the greatest destination, amen. And there's only two, there's a couple of places in the Bible that mention that word perish. And one is this here, you shall not perish, but you will have everlasting life. There's, that's the, 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 the only other thing is, uh, the only other one that means something to me is my people do perish for lack of knowledge, lack of vision, lack of vision, lack of knowledge. But he, God sent Jesus so that we would not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. And next week we'll take this on to another part We'll bring, bring the service to a close just now. Um, but I, wanna, I want to tell you that Christianity is not complicated. And, and the, the word says that um, beware, beware of Satan lest he beguile you with craftiness. It's Satan's mandate to bring confusion and complications into your life. And it's God's will that your life is simplified and simple, and Jesus is simple. 
love me, follow me, walk the way that I walked. And that's as simple as it is. But life gets complicated. Where, does the com- where do the complications come from? Hallelujah. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.